It's that time of year in the NBA when we start to talk about rosters. Will the Suns actually keep six big men? Will they make a trade? What should we be looking for the rest of the season? Aaron Edwards is here to help us break all of it down. Coming up right away for you on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member, contributor at suns.com and Dime Magazine. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen every single day. You can find us on YouTube, where our channel is growing slowly but surely, and over on any of your favorite podcast platforms. We are here for you every single day, and we are free. And the best way to keep us that way is to do exactly what you are already doing, listening, watching, subscribing, and following along every day. A lot to get to today. Aaron Edwards is here to help us break it down. He is a writer at All Caps NBA for Crooked Media. And it's been a while since we chatted, Aaron. How are your holidays? How are you doing? How are you feeling about the Suns? Uh, they were really good. Um, I think we haven't talked since the Christmas game, and that was whatever. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's been it's been a really nice break. We just got back to work today, so it's really nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking like I never thought we would have an NBA uh, Omicron chart to be looking at. But if you look, yeah. if you look, Tom Haverstrow had it on Twitter, and the guys, I, I think it's called Fansure, that the folks over there had it. That we are at the bottom, we're starting to go toward the bottom of the NBA wave here. And so hopefully real NBA players will be back on our screens. NBA TV will stop taking all the good games every night just to make money. And I can actually watch basketball again that I want to watch. And we are uh, on the other side of this thing, at least in sports here. But what everybody's talking about, I think, Aaron, today, at least in Sunsland, is uh, Bismack Biombo, Jalen Smith, the big man rotation, James Jones just gave an interview um, on 98.7 FM here locally where he kind of said, guys are going to start to come back, but it's it's really a matter of conditioning. I think the Suns players who got hit with this actually kind of had, like, had COVID, not yeah. just <laughs> tested positive for COVID. And so you don't want them to be rushed back. The Suns are winning games anyway. So it's going to start to be a decision for James Jones here about what is what this roster going to look like. So I'm curious what you've thought of seeing Smith and Biombo. I mean, do their best Aiton impression, honestly, and, yeah. and actually get the job done. Yeah, it's been a while. Like, what was like, it was June, we didn't have enough big men, and now we have all of them? Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, we like were really like scraping the bottom of the barrel against Milwaukee, and now James Jones went the other way, and he's... I guess he said, I'm not going to yeah. have He's like, you want a little a big? big man anymore. Here's a big. <laughs> he was like, I'm giving you guys the big man that you wanted yeah. and that you whined about all summer. And it's been really fun. Like, I didn't know Bismack had this in him. And I definitely didn't know Jalen Smith had this in him. I guess it was just he just needed the minutes with the starters kind of thing. Putting them in with Alfred Payton probably wasn't going to help. No. <laughs> like, no. the viewership <laughs> when it came to him. But, like, I, he's really been showing me something. Like, he runs the floor well um he's really like confident shooting like he has a really good stroke when he does pull up and I just didn't really see that coming from him but I guess he just needed the minutes I guess so I mean Jalen Smith (laughs) 
I think like you you hear from the coaches and stuff, it's a lot of like his communications not there, the time, like all that little stuff, and it's like yeah, because the guys played like three hundred minutes, right? It, it's gonna yeah. come, <laughs> and I, that's what always never it, it never felt really like fair to me the option getting declined and all that stuff, and I've been on yeah. that for a while, but. Um, you know, the, the reality is like, he doesn't have that contract in place for next year. He's going to be a free agent. And so I don't, I don't personally know how much it makes sense to invest in him either by like continuing to give him minutes or operating like he's a part of your future when he just probably isn't. But, you know, there is obviously the idea that he's on the team this year and, and you could either find a trade or maybe you trust him to at least be there as a depth piece for you. So those are some of the decisions that will be facing them. And then this this new wrinkle, which is Bismack Biombo, and the fact that somehow he's looking better than I ever remember watching this guy look. Like, I, I thought he had this whole reputation of being, you know, no can't catch a ball in the pick and roll, can't really finish yeah. that way. And then all of a sudden he's out there like Amari Stoudemire or somebody, and, and it looks fluid as hell, and he's, like, getting and one dunks and, and this and that. So <laughs> do you... Do you feel like Biombo is somebody that the Suns need or would be better if they kept him come playoff time? Like, is he a, a, a piece that you feel like is is it worth keeping around? Because it seems like they're at least thinking about it. Yeah, I think you do need, like, those kind of guys in the playoffs, though. Like, that's still, like, six hard fouls that you could use, especially when lineups start getting shorter. And um, I feel like... Playing with Chris Paul just makes you better. (laughs) And, like, yeah, like, Aiton, he couldn't catch before he got to Chris Paul either. (laughs) He didn't really have any strong post moves. And I feel like whenever Chris Paul, Jalen Smith, like, anybody who's out there with him, Chris Paul's going to get a big man 10. Like, he's going to get you 10 points. (laughs) And I just feel like Chris Paul helps that a lot. Like, I don't think Jalen Smith is going to come back. But Bismack-wise, like, I really think, like, he's the type of, like, gritty player that – the Suns kind of need it because once teams start like the Clippers tried to really just bully the Suns a little bit and it's, it got a little touchy there. So I think Bismack is one of those players you kind of need in playoff time once it gets like toward bully ball. And he's like JaVale in my opinion in the way that you can like just in the way he plays the way he's kind of you know he, he's done a couple media interviews with the uh, since he's joined the Suns. And like they just know their role, right? Like JaVale, I mean, JaVale yeah. kind of does some crazy stuff that makes you question if he really knows his role sometimes. But like at the end of the yeah. day, you know, he's out there to rebound. He's out there to protect the rim, to finish, to to be, you know, somewhat of a leader in terms of like do as I do type of stuff. And and I think Biombo, like he's not going to be somebody you would bring into this locker room and it's going to disrupt anything. So I think yeah. <laughs> in that way, like, He's not going to try to bite off more than he can chew. He's been around. He gets it. He's probably just happy to be back in the NBA because he wasn't before he got here. So, <laughs> like, to me, those are all the positives. I just think, like I said at the very top in my intro, the idea of keeping six big men in 2022 20, in the NBA feels insane yeah. to me, especially when we don't even know if Kaminsky or Sharich are even going to be able to play again this season. Like, Having six of them with two like medical red shirts is yeah. is kind of crazy. So how do you like how do you feel about all that? If they were to keep Biombo, does that mean that they have to trade Jalen Smith? Are they you know just kind of roll with the punches and see what happens? And the roster's fine as it is. Like where do you see this? Because they really only had that one roster spot to work with, and I don't. I, I think I'd be lying if I said like my high hopes for that was Bismack Biombo. 
Yeah, I feel like if if they do keep Biombo, if, uh, if they do keep Biombo, that means that Sarge has no chance of coming back this year, and Frank Kaminsky is probably way more hurt than we thought, <laughs> and that means like he is one of the only bigs we have. Even though I would sure. like a better stretch big like Kaminsky or Sarge to stretch the floor and pass, mm-hmm. but if it would mostly just be telling if we kept him. Like it would be nice if we kept him. But if we like end up keeping them, that means we like had to, and that's what's scary is we yeah. don't have like the scoring big because some of those lineups, like the one yesterday, when it's Biombo, I think it was Justin Johnson and Alfred Payton on the floor all at the same time, like there was no scoring out there, and it was a disaster. Was and that's what I get worried about like not having a dude that could get open and get a shot or make a pass i felt bad for bridges i think he was out there in one of those lineups at one point I'm yeah like, like you know you're the most talented guy out there and we all know it but like the idea that you're gonna make something happen with these four dudes is uh yeah, yeah that'd be kind of mean to expect that out of him but i think you're right and that's a good way to put it in terms of like it would be kind of eye-opening of okay wow like this is kind of bleak in terms of the health situation right now but i think if if they are if they end up deciding like hey we don't know what's up with Frank we don't know what's up with Dario we can't just roll into the playoffs with only two guys who can play in the front court so we need somebody and you don't think that's like you don't feel comfortable with that being Jalen Smith then like to me that just means you have to trade Jalen Smith like it puts the pressure on you to yeah. like get him out get him out of here find a situation that does work for him and you know move on like if, if this situation with these injuries isn't enough to continue to give him playing time because you just don't think he's there to be in a playoff type of situation, then like, okay, you know, move on. You already didn't get a pick up his option. Like it's time to just be done and get something better out of him, whether that is, you know, attaching picks or, you know, flipping him for a different young player at a different position. I, I don't know what it looks like, but, but that's kind of yeah. how I feel. Uh, let's keep talking about this. So let's keep talking about sort of what we expect for the rest of, of this season, we'll talk about some of those trade targets and who they might be. What do we think the Suns actually need here? And we'll do that right after a quick word from Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. We started this network a very long time ago and no one listened for a very long time. It was a bunch of NBA podcasts (laughs) with a bunch of nerds like me talking pretty much to nobody, especially in Phoenix when the team sucked and we built it up slowly and now there are thousands of you listening every day and honestly millions of you listening across the network every day. So we know that was why we love Shopify which powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale around the world. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps across all social platforms. Gain insights as you grow. And more than a store, Shopify grows right along with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. To try them out, go to shopify.com slash lockdownNBA, all lowercase for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. That's shopify.com slash locked on NBA shopify.com slash locked on NBA. We don't know exactly what, uh, 
the roster will look like for the next couple weeks, but at some point, Aaron, this roster will look like normal. We'll get some actual tests. It won't be the Pelicans every night. It will be uh, the Jazz here at the end of the month. The Suns play them twice in a week and some Eastern Conference tests. They play the Warriors in March. Like This will start to feel like the stretch run fairly soon, so I'm curious what you kind of think here in terms of what is important to you watching this team, caring about this team, wanting them to win a lot and get that ring. Yeah. Like what, what is the re- the end of this season mean to you? Is it just about getting the first seed, uh, the, the one seed? Is it home court advantage? Is it just health? Like, what are you watching for? Um, I'm just trying to um, watch how they close it out. Like, I think that now that they've gone through like the gauntlet of the playoffs and like books body knows how it feels. Aiden, I'm really like wanting to see like how he does it this time around. And cause he kind of broke down too. I think they're, they're, smart enough to pace themselves like for the playoffs now. And like, I think we were going for the best record last year. And I think having Chris Paul and guys that have been through it now, they know they don't necessarily need it. Like they've kind of beat pretty much everybody that they're they've needed to so far. So I think like just mostly, I think they want to still win the Utah game. Nuggets game is always going to be big in Warriors, but for the most part, like I don't think they're all that worried about it. They just want to be healthy by the time the playoffs start. And like just not be too broken down because I think kind of going for that first seat had them a little tired, even though they were sweeping through and playing pretty well. I just think now like veteran wise, they know where they, where they want their bodies to be when May comes. Okay. So a couple things I want to run by you that I've been talking about on here. And I don't know if, I don't know if I'm just talking to myself too much, but do you think it's realistic that when the Warriors get Clay back, there will be a little bit of like a growing pain adjustment period type of moment for them? I, I think reintegrating him is going to be more of a thing than people are realizing, just in terms of getting him shots, making him feel comfortable. Like, could they drop a couple games trying to do that? Or am I just, is that wishful thinking? Oh, they definitely could because I watched them, like, it was mostly on the defensive end. I watched them play defense and they are incredible. And that just, it's hard to get in shape for to play defense like that when you haven't played for two years and he's gonna like he's really good on defense but he hasn't played for two years and he's gonna be a weak link they are really good on defense like they move around good they're they have one of the smartest dudes on the floor and i just think like some of that is gonna take clay sometimes like i know he's done it before but they've been playing better like as good as i've ever seen them and it's going to take him a while to get used to like just the pace that they play on defense. I feel like low key they've been benefiting from Andre Godala being out there also. Like yeah. I think when he really wants to go for it, he probably is still good enough to be out there, but like at a regular season pace every single night, they're probably better yeah. off not have like Gary Payton can go out there and bust his butt for like 30 minutes more so than Godala <laughs> at this point. So I, I, I'm glad you like, I don't know, maybe you're, maybe I caught you off guard and you're disagreeing, but I think you're being genuine. And I, I do think, uh, I feel like there could be, you know, some random game like against Minnesota or like one of those middle tier West teams that just, you know, they just get the best of the Warriors while they're figuring things out. Cause it's not just clay either. It is Iguodala. It's James Wiseman. And yeah. they're going to have to like get a playoff rotation ready rather than just doing the Stefan Draymond and defense show that they've been doing because that's how they're going to yeah. be their best for the playoffs. But right now it's the best is for the, you know, the young guys to get some run and, and win in the regular season. So I think that adjustment will even things out, maybe gives the Suns a little bit of an angle to catch back up a little bit right there. But the other thing I wanted to ask you, 
I caught myself feeling kind of ridiculous, but I still actually, I, I like made myself double, like go back over it. I'm like, do I actually think this? Did I just say it as a take on the show or do I, do I really believe this? It was that I think the Grizzlies scare me more as a second round opponent if I'm the Suns than the Jazz do. Is that, is that just a stupid thing to say? Like the way that John Moran has been playing <laughs> and the size that Memphis has and how much trouble that gave the Suns, like they really yeah. scare me as a team right now. And I just think that the Suns match up really well against Utah. Like that matchup just doesn't really worry me over seven games. Yeah, I wasn't really worried about Memphis, honestly. Okay, so I neither. Just think so like, your answer uh, is neither or are you scared of the no, Jazz? I, no, I think the Jazz would be a pretty tough matchup because I'm still not sure how Aiton is against other bigs because that Lopez kind of got into him, uh, that Milwaukee series, and that was – like he went against Jokic and he had um he got him like the first two, but Jokic started getting his a little bit um in the last two games, but they didn't have anything else. So I'm still like a little bit worried about Aiton against other bigs. And like I don't want him to think it's a one-on-one between him and Gobert. And with Memphis, like I just think still a young point guard that is pretty much his entire team. I still think Chris Paul like would still put Ja through it a little bit because I just don't think he's ready for what playoff Chris Paul is bringing. Cause Chris Paul's really coasting right now. <laughs> He's like, there's some times where I think the Boston game, he shot like three times. Like, I really think he's just trying to get to May. And once Chris Paul turns it up, I think that Jaw's going to really realize like, like he is the, the goat. Like he's the best point guard that we've probably ever seen. Yeah. Those teams are similar in a way, Utah and Memphis in that if you like, it's kind of all well and good right now, but we know that Mitchell and Morant both are going to really struggle if you make them defend at a high level over and over in, yeah. in a playoff situation. And I just don't think either, I mean, Ja really hasn't had the opportunity to prove that. Mitchell has and just hasn't proven that he can do that. So yeah. I think the Suns are going to punish you. Like, I, I, I think Michael Porter Jr. could tell you that. Like, if you are out there against yeah. the Suns and you can't defend in space or your even defend your man like they're going to expose that so i think i think the teams are similar in that way i totally hear you on utah they're obviously the much better team i just feel like memphis with the suns don't have a great person to guard jaw and they don't quite have the size to match up with memphis so it seems like more often than not that team has given them trouble over the past two seasons but yeah they're unproven and, and maybe they're not really that scary i just Man, some nights you catch them and you're like, is this like the you know, top yeah. two team in the NBA right now? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, once they get running and making those threes, like, they're really good. It's tough. Uh, okay, last thing here, and you, you, you let us right into it. In terms of this season, and we will talk about trades to close out the show because I think there's a lot to get to there, and I'm curious what you think, Aaron, of, of what the Suns need and, and who they could actually get. But uh, Chris Paul. His minutes right now are up from last season, but like you said, and it's something I've been beating the drum on all year too, it's it's not 32.2 like real minutes. It's kind of like, you remember yeah. those stories a while ago where like Brian Windhorst and those guys would, would break down like how little energy LeBron was expending? Yeah. It feels like that. It feels like that with Chris Paul right now. Like he's, it's like kind of the, the parent that's kind of taking their kids to like soccer practice in school and whatever. And you can just see the drain behind their eyes. Like their, their soul is actually not there. That's how I feel some of these yeah. games with him, even when they win, like, it's just kind of like, yeah, all right. You know, we did that one. Let's on to the next one kind of thing. Yeah. But 
do you think there's any way, like, is there anything that they can reasonably do? I mean, you and I are not scientists, we're not basketball coaches, but like, do you think there's anything that can be done right now to limit the likelihood that he's going to get injured in the playoffs? Or is it just a cross your fingers and pray? Because I don't really feel like you could have predicted any of that last year. Like, you know, you're going to tell me he, yeah. his arm's going to get ripped out of its socket and they could have done something yeah. in February to prevent that. Like, I don't know. Nah, like his was all freak stuff. He got COVID. He got the shoulder thing. Broke his he, wrist or hand or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like all of that stuff can just happen in the blink of and an it eye. It seems like it always happens to him, though, which is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Book got his nose busted. That was probably the first time it's ever happened to him. <laughs> like, I think, like, that was just basketball. Like, all of it, like, it gets more physical in the playoffs. So I think the chances of some stuff like that happening are more. And I mean, even Giannis's foot almost came off and he was ready or his knee like we thought his knee was done. Like, I just think like just in the playoffs, the speed and just the physicalness is just more. How did that and not you can stop just tell, like, at all? Can we just I mean, like, I yeah. don't think we adequately like <laughs> realize that in the moment that the dude like you could have told me he didn't play like until now this season. With yeah. that, and I would have believed you and he won finals MVP like. Yeah, and just scored 50 points on like a triple double or something. It was wild. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, okay, well, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about what they could do to improve the roster here and improve their odds, hopefully, with that type of a trade of getting what they couldn't get done last year done at the hands of Giannis Antetokounmpo. We will not obviously <laughs> relitigate that too much, but uh, it does still hurt. First, though, quick word from betonline.ag, guys. BetOnline is your one-stop shop throughout Every sporting season. I mean, we got football wrapping up here. It's the best time of year to bet on football, but uh, it doesn't slow down anytime soon. The basketball playoffs shortly thereafter. Baseball, if they decide to get their crap together. BetOnline would like to wish you all a happy betting year as we make our way into 2022. And as always, they are celebrating with a 50% welcome bonus. Here's how you get it. Go to betonline.ag or download their mobile app. Make an account for yourself, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On to get that 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit. Again, that's promo code Locked On when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus straight to your account. From football, basketball, hockey, the playoffs to the regular season, all of it, even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Aaron, I don't think we've talked about trades any of the times I've had you on this season. So I'm curious, the names are kind of, I don't, I mean, you're kind of hard pressed to like find someone new to talk about at this point because Suns fans have been kind of looking at this ever since that roster spot got left open, ever since Jalen Smith stuff started to circulate. They have a little bit of money left in their mid-level exception, which wouldn't be for a trade, but it could be for a buyout. So... I've heard a lot more about Eric Gordon lately. I don't know if that interests you. There's obviously Thaddeus Young. David Nash uh, wrote about Kenrich Williams on his newsletter. That got some attention back when the Suns played the Thunder a couple of times last month. Uh, who who has your eye? Like, who's a guy that you really think could make a difference? And what type of player do you think the Suns really need? Um, I think another scoring ball handling guard. I think that's why everybody wants Eric Gordon. Yeah. Because 
we're one campaign down away from playing Alfred Payton real minutes in the playoffs. <laughs> and I just don't think any of us want that. I definitely don't. Ask and so I just think yeah, like, it doesn't go well. Yeah. For yeah. So I think like a ball handling point guard. So we don't have like those stalemates to where like Chris Paul or book have to be in with the bench. We can have a dude like control the floor and get a shot off whenever he wants, because the lineup yesterday was a disaster. Like Alfred Payton won't shoot or he can't make a layup or, Justin Johnson, like he just got to the team and was playing. And it's just like, it gets real complicated when you need to give your guys a rest and you just can't get a bucket. And that's like really tough. I mean, Cam Johnson's come a long way, so he could probably, I just need somebody that can handle the ball on the floor with him, with the bench. And I'd I'd feel a lot more confident. Yeah, it's so tough. Like it's weird how we kind of all feel like, at least, I don't know, it gets talked about a lot that point guard and, you know, just sort of that like, six-man scorer type guy is like the most easy thing to find in the NBA it's like every year in the draft it's like oh you know don't take that guy because you know everyone has one of those it's like yeah but like at the end of the day can you have too many like the the Nets had Cam Thomas is his name I think the the guy from LSU and it's like he's already out there for them because they need scoring like you can never really have too much of that and you have Jordan Clarkson out here getting you know, $20 million a year and winning six man of the year. Like those guys are valuable uh, in their own way. And and the Suns don't, they don't really have a player like that. I mean, they like Cameron Payne is kind of close, but like he's yeah. really like a threes and, and transition type of score. Like he's not really somebody who's going to break yeah. you down. Like, and yeah, I mean, this, behind him, I mean, they obviously have Booker, but you know, as a bench player yeah. behind him, there's nothing. So I get, I get Gordon. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think if, I mean, the, the number one argument on behalf of that too, I think is, well, I mean, I, I think they need it, but against the Warriors specifically, I think that was really exposed for the Suns that they just don't have that. Like a lot of people kind of, I yeah. think, glommed onto the idea like, okay, Otto Porter made some jumpers, like you win some, you lose some. It's like, Okay, but that game was scored on uh, the score of that game. The the pace, everything with that game was on the Warriors' terms. Like a Suns yeah. win is never, you know, it's ideally it's not going to be one hundred and ninety eight. Like you want it to be one fifteen yeah. to one ten or or whatever. <laughs> and so you want to be able to have a little more juice there. What about Gary Harris? Because he is. I think mostly been forgotten about. I'm not going to pretend like I've watched him on Orlando much this year, if at all, but like he is shooting better from three than he did in his last couple seasons with Denver. He's up to 36%, which is pretty much league average. He, I think theoretically could be an option on like the Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Steph Curry types that the Suns are probably going to see Damian Lillard, whoever it is. And he might be a little bit, more affordable in a trade than somebody like Eric Gordon, who I think is going to get some some pretty nice offers for Houston. Does that type yeah. of guy interest you? He's very small, but I think he, I don't know, he, he at least kind of fills some of the boxes. He can get his own shot off here and there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that I feel like that's still too close to campaign. Like, I, that's why I like Eric Gordon. He's just a bigger body. He can get to the line. And that's another thing. Like, Suns are still pretty bad at getting to the line and during the playoffs, like, they had real trouble with teams that can get to the line. So I feel like Eric Gordon, a dude coming off the bench that's not a scared, not scared to go in there and get fouled and get a bucket. Like Gary Harris is too small and he's going to shoot a lot of jumpers. And in the playoffs, you want 
to play against people like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think like having campaign and Gary Harris, like they're doing the same thing pretty much. And they're That's not fair. getting fouled. That's fair. And they're pretty much the same size. Whereas Gordon's a little bigger. Like you could, you could switch him a little bit more easily and not be super yeah. worried about it. Like, is he, you know, his peak defensive guy that he was when he was playing with Chris Paul last time? I, I don't, I don't think he's that anymore, <laughs> but you know, he has that body that you trust a little bit more. I don't think people realize, maybe they do, that when we're talking about Eric Gordon, I think that in some ways he's just kind of a name because he's a a veteran on a bad team. I don't know if people have looked at the fact that he is shooting 45% from three right now. Uh, He's taking five a game. Like you said, he's he's gotten to the free throw line still into his old age. He's actually his, I mean, he's not old. He's like 33. Uh, But he got to the free throw line four times per game last year, which was the most he had since he was playing for the Pelicans. So... Uh, this is still a guy who is is producing, and, and I like that. I, I guess what I don't necessarily trust with him is can his body hold up? You know, he's yeah. he's not Torrey Craig, like, you know, right in his prime. He is he's obviously on the downside of his career and into his you know mid-30s at this point, and the defensive numbers have never really loved him. Like, I don't think he's ever yeah. been somebody who you're, you know, is stopping somebody. He's really just sort of a team guy, but... He's probably the best the Suns can do. I brought up Marcus Smart when the Suns were playing the Celtics because I was just kind of watching him and thinking about that. I think he's a little too erratic. Like, I don't think he's somebody I would see Monty trusting. So, I don't know. I I don't feel like there's an awesome name out there right now. Like, Yeah, with Marcus Smart, like, the worst thing that could happen is he hits his first three. And then... That's like a disaster waiting to happen after that. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of tamed campaign in that instance, like a little bit. But having two dudes out there who hit their first three and now want to jack them all up, just yeah, the worst, the worst sign I think. Nice in the playoffs. No, no, the worst. (laughs) Actually, Craig was somewhat like that. He he took some some like no no yes threes himself, and he just happened (laughs) to get hot. But uh, no, I think the worst sign with the smart thing was I, I posted that I tweeted it out from the show account during that game. And our Locked On Celtics host, who's a beat writer for one of the local outlets over there, was like, basically, yeah, please take him. Like, can we get anything of anything for him, please? <laughs> like, so that's probably if, if the people watching him and that team day in and day out are in, in, a, in a hurry to get rid of their player. I don't know if that's quite the guy you want to target for your title chase. But uh, yeah. those are the names right now. So I guess before we close, I, I would just ask you, like, are you as are any of those players, any of the guys that have been talked about that we kind of are, are thinking about right now for the Suns worth a first round pick for you? Like, are you in, if you're James Jones, are you in that much of like win, win at all costs, like all in mode right now to go and get one of those types of guys? Or do you kind of maybe play things a little bit cooler, look what you can get on the buyout market and, and roll with what you have? Um, I think we're just going to have so many late picks now. Yeah, because we're either going to be great or good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I just don't think he's going to want a 28th pick. Sure. Like, I just don't see him wanting that pick. He so I really Shannon, wouldn't right? mind him getting rid of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I really just don't see, like, the point in keeping, like, a late pick anymore. All right. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> I go back and forth. I'm probably a little bit more on like the uh, like married to the team building stuff side of things too much at times. Like I'm over (laughs) here like really stressing about why they screwed up the Jalen Smith thing so bad when at the end of the day, like they're the two seed in the West and just came off of a finals run. So like it didn't matter. But I do think like you don't want to 
you don't want to give up value over and over and over because that's how you start to, you know, you know, what happens after Chris Paul, like you have to kind of start to think about some of those things. But at the same time, I, I get the, the singular focus right now is winning a title. They are in position to do it. There's only so many years and months you have of, of that being true. So I think if, yeah. if the right deal comes along, you have to take it, even if it means, you know, giving up something of value and, and it doesn't feel like a perfect trade. If it makes you better and you feel like it's going to get you there, then I think you just have to do it. You don't get lucky every year that Tory Craig just falls into your lap. You gotta, you gotta yeah. sometimes give stuff up. <laughs> I really don't even know where they would have found a chance to find out Jalen Smith was good. Honestly, like, well, that's he wasn't thing. gonna yeah. take minutes from Bridges. He wasn't gonna take any from minutes from Johnson. You get rid of like, your Jesus. I just don't know where. Yeah, I just don't know where his minutes were gonna come yeah. from. So I feel like this was always gonna happen. Like he was gonna be forced to because something like this would happen. We lose both our bigs. Is the only way we were ever going to find out Jalen Smith was any good. So, yeah. And that's just an outlier. Like, that was never going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, maybe during COVID times, maybe that makes <laughs> you feel like, you know, maybe you don't take a project in that situation. Then maybe you take a little bit more yeah. of a surefire guy. Like, I don't know. There's obviously, you know, the draft is is easy to look at in hindsight and act like it made, you know, no sense when it, it there was some <laughs> reasoning to it. And he just didn't. I mean, I think the reality with Smith to, to wrap, like, kind of tie a bow, we were talking about him to start is like, I think that they saw him as a as a guy who could play with Aiton, and I think it just became clear like if he's going to make it in the NBA, he's probably going to be a five, and so you can't play him yeah. with your your franchise center, and then there's no need for him anymore at that point because he's not going to take minutes from your you know third yeah. fourth best player. So we'll see. Uh, this was fun though, man. Uh, we're hoping to do this every single week, guys. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's cool with you. I'm actually not going to change my mind anyway, so we'll see, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's cool talking to you. You can check his workout at all caps NBA over at the take line YouTube channel. They do that show every week with Jason Concepcion. I'm sure you all know it, but if you haven't checked it out, definitely do so. And, uh, I'll recap the game tomorrow night against the Clippers, the late night TNT game for all of you to close out the week. And uh, we'll see where this thing goes. Thanks, guys, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.